Are you wondering how you can learn more about food? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Chakula Podcast, brought to you by the Root to Food Initiative, a show that celebrates authentic Kenyan dishes and serves you hot conversations about food in Kenya from an economic, social, and political lens. Semanasi kwenye social media, at Root to Food on Instagram, at Root to Food on Twitter, and Root to Food on Facebook. And now, here's your host, Felistas Mwalia. Hello and welcome to the Chakula podcast. Every year, government agencies, parastatals, donors, and the private sector make money allocations to different aspects of the agriculture sector. The money allocated has a major influence on which policies are enacted, interventions are done, and what crops and food gets prioritized. Today, we are joined by a public finance practitioner who is the lead of Follow Money Kenya and also the founder of Kenya Budget Talk Platform. Karibu sana, Mathai. Thank you so much for having me. She'll be breaking down for us what these allocations are and how they shape the state of food security in the country. But before we start, probably you can just explain to us what you do. Like you said, my name is Evelyn Mathai. Uh-huh. I work for an organization known as Slums Information Development and Resource Center, CIDAREC. It's a local NGO. And within that NGO, we have um, a governance initiative called Follow the Money. So through a partnership or, or a cohort training with um, IBP Kenya and Uraia, I got some training on budget work. Probably you can just tell the listeners the full oh, of okay, IBP. So yeah. Yes, yes. International Budget Partnership yeah. and Uraia Trust, mm-hmm. which are Kenyan civil society organizations who are here heavily involved in civic education and budget work. So from that training, um, I was motivated to start a platform called KE Budget Talk mm-hmm. because I felt the information or the learnings that I got from the program was very vital for every Mwananchi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I decided to open a Twitter page where I in turn have talks and invite um, sector specialists mm-hmm. to break down certain legal frameworks or policies for the normal Mwananchi to be able to understand. So we have those conversations very regularly mm-hmm. and I've seen like it, the traction that it has caused is very um, useful and meaningful mm-hmm. and goes a long way in terms of educating Kenyans to enable them to make better decisions when it comes to voting for quality leaders and the engagement in public participation forums to do it in a meaningful manner. Quite yeah. interesting. I believe you also do something to do with people with disabilities. Oh yes, in 2018, in partnership with Africa Population Research and Health Centers, mm-hmm. we got into a Right to Food program whereby we were working with communities in informal settlements mm-hmm. to conducting public engagement on the right to food. So the first phase really went well. We mm-hmm. engaged in ver- various uh, participatory methodologies, mm-hmm. which include things like human libraries where you invite specialists, for instance, lawyers and food security specialists mm-hmm. to talk to the community. It's like instead of going to the library and to take a book and to read, you have these people in front of you, you just ask questions. So it's like a conversation amongst the two parties, mm-hmm. uh, which went a long way. We also engaged community radio on the same, amongst other activities like photo voice. So from that activity, we realized that the first phase, it was very um, useful for the community and we decided to get into a second phase, still in partnership with APHRC. Mm-hmm. And this time around, our target beneficiaries changed from just anyone in the community to persons living with disabilities. Why specifically people? Uh, because they are a marginalized group and they are mm-hmm. very vulnerable, especially during this time of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. When you go to the communities, you'll find that Getting these palliatives is very competitive. Like people are distributing food at 4 a.m. in the morning. So you will not expect a 
lame person to go at 4 a.m. in the morning to start fighting for food. So they've really been left out. The cash transfer program has not been effective mm-hmm. in certain areas, specifically for in Mkuru Kwanjenga where I do my work. Mm-hmm. So I found it relevant to engage them and encourage them to engage in activities such as urban farming to be able to feed themselves. So uh, what we're doing with the project is we're encouraging them to tell their stories. So they shoot their own stories, their own content relevant to their experiences with food security, considering the four pillars, accessibility, affordability, utilization, mm-hmm. and sustainability. Yeah. Uh, and stability, sorry. Yeah, so um, with that, what we're trying to achieve is to sensitize persons living with disabilities all over Kenya, as well as the government and other stakeholders to prioritize their needs to ensure that since they're the most vulnerable people, mm-hmm. this cash transfer scheme actually is implemented effectively and the money gets to its intended purpose or intended ben- beneficiaries, which from the interviews that we've been able to conduct in the community, mm-hmm. unfortunately, most of them have not received this money ever since the transfer program was uh, initiated by the government. So. There's a gap when it comes to implementation of projects. So we are trying to sensitize the government to prioritize the needs of this uh, vulnerable group yeah. of people. Yes. Mm, keep up the good job. So to start us off, what is the breakdown in terms of numbers when it comes to budgetary allocations for agencies in Ministry of Agriculture and what does that tell us about the state's food priority? Okay, first of all, mm. um, for budgets to work, we have to base it on data and it has to be evidence-based. So um, the government has failed when it comes to relating budget allocations with the priorities and needs of citizens. So that's why I'm insisting that it has to be based on data. And despite the fact that Kenya has a very robust legal framework, when it comes to trying to ensure that or achieving food security, yeah. for instance, it's enshrined in our constitution, Article 43.1c, where it says everybody has a right to, to be free from hunger and to have adequate uh, food of acceptable standards. Um, we also have, we have alluded to SDG 2, the UN Sustainable Development Goals, mm-hmm. which uh, says that by 2030, everybody should be free from hunger. We also have a strategic plan formulated for the sector transformation of agriculture, which is supposed to also have been achieved by 2030, which is in line with the SDGs. So you see, we have so many things that uh, we are prioritized. We also have the Big Four Agenda, which agriculture is the second most important pillar project for that whole agenda. Mm-hmm. So you see, we have identified that agriculture is a very important uh, sector. Uh-huh. It also like contributes approximately 33% to the gross domestic uh, domestic product. Yeah. So you see, it's, it's very vital that we safeguard this uh, particular sector and do whatever, put in measures to ensure that it is thriving, not only in Kenya, but also for across the globe, because we also not only want to feed ourselves, but we also want to uh, generate revenue from that particular activity. Yeah. So um, some statistics have also um, alluded to the fact that it's an emergency. It should be a priority when it comes to budget allocations. According to the Global Hunger Index tool that was released in 2019, it turned out that Kenya was ranked 86th out of one, 107 countries as um, it, it's considered to be very food insecure. So that is a, gra- it's a grave concern. Yeah. And then 4.5 million farming house- households are in Kenya. So meaning not a large amount or a significant amount of people are actually participating in farming, which is a concern. We should be able to, like I said earlier, not only feed ourselves, but also collect revenue from that if it's a a great contributor to the GDP. Mm -hmm. Then also um, the government had promised that they're going to ensure that a million jobs are created every year 
but so far we've only been able to achieve 350,000 within that sector. So you're seeing there's still a gap and still yeah. more uh, there's more can be done for people to to make the sector attractive and people engage in urban farming or just farming in general. Then um 7% of land in Kenya is irrigated while the rest is uh, reliant on on the rain on rainfall which is um very concerning because uh just in 2018 mm-hmm. we experienced long period without rain long period of drought and then um subsequently heavy rainfall which actually affected uh, productivity in the agricultural sector then um in 20 the beginning of 2020 this year just before corona hit um kenya mm-hmm. we also experienced a locust invasion which uh, also affected yeah. productivity mm-hmm. so you see all those things just before a pandemic the agricultural sector had already taken a large hit when it comes to its role in the economy yeah. so it was vital for some precautionary measures to have been taken but unfortunately that didn't happen and corona came and it made the situation worse so what we're referring to as the ministry of agriculture is actually the agricultural rural and, and urban development sector that's mm-hmm. the arud Ar- sector yeah. yeah under the arud sector budget allocations are done based on contribution to the gdp so you'll you'll notice that 80% ah. of the allocation uh-huh. in the under the arud sector programs goes to crop development you know kenyans we are farmers you know we farm maize wheat and other crops for export so budget allocation is mainly focused on that yet uh-huh. you'll find that um small scale farmers still are not getting adequate support from the government yeah so as as much as most of the allocation goes to crop produ- production mm-hmm. they still um alleviate um for that to be improved in terms of the support that i've just mentioned the coronavirus pandemic mm-hmm. uh brought about an em- a state of emergency where the government had to intervene by providing a stimulus package to cushion kenyans from the impact of coronavirus mm-hmm. so the package was 56.6 billion and out of that uh, 33.3 billion went to the safety program and within that uh, budget 4.4 billion went into the hungry safety net program which is essentially is the cash transfer program mm-hmm. meant for the vulnerable members of the community that that's orphans persons living with disabilities people in marginalized areas pastoralists and alike So because um agriculture is very significant significant sector in the economy, economy yeah. um the sector usually receives like the second highest after health but was this year the situation was this year situation yes. similar in in fact um mm-hmm. in 2019 2020 financial mm-hmm. year the sector received 50.1 billion while in 2020 2021 financial year it went up to 60.7 billion that's a 21% increase so as much as it's increasing it's increasing uh, on the section of recurrent expenditure and not developmental expenditure so you see we're just uh, paying salaries mm-hmm. servicing vehicles yeah. and all these other overhead um, expenses but we are it's at the expense of development which should not be the case we need to allocate money for infrastructure for ensuring that uh, tractors are serviced and Being other things small scale farmers supporting small yeah. scale farmers and also ensuring that um farmers have uh, access to markets because another issue is that we are farming but we do not have anywhere to sell our products so most farmers are downing their tools and they are going into corporate jobs mm-hmm. where you're guaranteed of a salary at the end of the month because at, at the end of the day they still have to feed their families they have they have to um grow and develop as um individuals yeah. so for them it becomes not a priority anymore mm-hmm. because they are not uh, reaping the benefits of their hard work so the government should actually take it seriously and support urban small scale farmers 
Evelyn, what's your take on Treasury CS? Ukuri Atani's claims that agricultural sector will be one of the growth areas and a key point of recovery for the battered economy. Okay, first and foremost, food security goes beyond good budgets. Yeah. Uh-huh. And in Kenya, um, like I said earlier, we have very good policies and legal frameworks that guide us and uh, in an attempt to ensure that we safeguard um, the utilization of public resources. But um, we have issues when it comes to budget implementation. For instance, what I've just talked about earlier about the allocations and the, the large amounts I've been talking about, 50.6 billion and the likes, will hit the, the sector accounts very late, well into the year. So it doesn't give the sector enough time to be able to, to, to implement the activities. So we have a lot of stalled projects because of that. So if we were to achieve what Ukura Yatani has is very committed and is very optimistic about, um, we should fix the issue of late disbursement of funds. That is from the National Treasury to the different uh, ministries, departments and agencies mm-hmm. under the arid sector. If that is fixed, we'll be able to implement um, the activities and programs that have already been set out. Mm-hmm. If at all we are also to achieve um, what uh, the CS was talking about, um, agriculture being one of the main contributors towards the reboosting of the Kenyan economy, there's been a prevalence of over-reliance on donors, donor funding for the sector. So, like, if COVID has, is anything to go by, or if it has taught us something, is that donors can pull out any time. Like, donors now are going to address issues in their own countries. They're not really invested in what is happening here. So, um, the government should also look for ways to partner with local, um, the private sector and other local uh, vested, people who have vested interests in the the agricultural sector to sort of ensure that um, it's a sustainable way to access revenue. Because um, if we depend too much on the donors, Mm -hmm. the time when they pull out will be in a major crisis. If there are three new taxes coming up in January, how will they have an impact on budgetary allocations to the agricultural sector and people's purchasing power? Some of the taxes that were amended last year Mm -hmm. as in an attempt to cushion Kenyans from the impact of COVID-19 mm-hmm. include the Income Tax Act, which um, was giving tax relief to those people who are earning below 24,000 VAT, as well as personal and corporate reduced to from 30% to 25%. Mm-hmm. So in the event that these taxes are reintroduced before the economy has been reboosted, of course, many Kenyans are going to bear the blunt of, of that act because people's businesses have not recovered. People have actually closed, shut down businesses and gone back to upcountry. People have also lost their jobs. People have lost their jobs. So it's not it's not going to be a good, mo- uh, good move to actually mm-hmm. take that step early on. We need to first ensure that um, the economy is stable to ensure that people can earn a living, get back to where they were, get their footing. Um, in fact, last year in September, I think the, the government had given um, an allowance or a credit facility to companies um, in the amount of 100 billion. So in the event that people have already borrowed to finance their businesses, their businesses are not thriving because people do not have disposable income. And then you, you reintroduce the taxes in January, um, they will not be able to pay back their their loans yeah and then it's it's like being between a rock and a hard place because Mm -hmm. at one end we rely on taxes to collect revenues which um, enable the government to carry out activities but 
people are not in a position to to earn a living at the moment because of the the impact on the economy yeah. so you we want to collect taxes but we are not in that position because people cannot afford it so i mean something needs to be done they need to extend it for a longer period of time mm-hmm. until the economy recovers currently we know the exchange rate to the dollar is at 112 one of the highest um in a very long time so we need to take into consideration that so that we ensure that we are not really frustrating the yeah. citizens yeah talking yeah. about the introdu- the introduction of taxes 2 million Kenyans sank into poverty between April and October. That's about 400,000 people per month. What kind of budgetary plan can help those people achieve food security? Okay, the the food the safety net program that had been initiated by the government was a very good idea. The problem is the fact that it's not being implemented effectively from the interviews that we've been able to conduct in the community mm-hmm. we realize that people are not receiving the cash transfers so you wonder where is this money going yeah yeah so the only way is to ensure that there's a proper system of even tracking there should be a database of the beneficiaries of of these funds we need to identify who and who is receiving these mm-hmm. funds because the most uh, vulnerable people in the community are the ones who are missing out the people who really need the uh, the resources and are really struggling at the moment are are not being um they're not benefiting from the initiative so we need to streamline the way these resources are being distributed to ensure that the, it's actually being done in an equitable manner not just um reaching the communities but the intended beneficiaries these resources are available uh but the issue is they are not being uh, distributed in an equitable manner to ensure that um uh, the most needy are the ones who are actually benefiting from the initiative Evelyn has as you have mentioned it seems that the cash transfers are really not working and given the worsening condition of the shilling what what are the steps that the government can really take to ensure that majority of the Kenyans are able to afford food Okay I think a very sustainable way to ensure that people can be able to feed themselves not just now during the pandemic but even beyond yeah. would be to encourage people to practice urban farming because um since time immemorial we've been relying on the rural areas to be the ones to provide food and um transport and supply food to the urban areas this should change because i've even seen people in informal settlements in places where they have limited space mm-hmm. actually leveraging on the the small space they have to actually grow their own food it is possible so the government should actually avail extension officers to both rural and urban, urban farmers so that we can inculcate a culture of sustaining ourselves through urban farming mm-hmm. then the government can also give incentives to farmers I saw that they're supposed to in the finance bill for 2020 mm-hmm. they said that they're going to strike out the allowance they had for tractors apart from tractors that are being used to make roads so you see that is going to be very hard on the farmer instead of reducing costs their costs they're increasing their costs technology is very vital when it comes to improving the output when you increase the taxes for the tractors that are being used by farmers um it becomes a hindrance um for them to lower their costs yeah, yeah. instead it does the opposite it raises their costs and then um this translates to the cost of food rising as well so the government also needs to cushion farmers uh, to in an attempt to lower their costs uh, and subsequently the cost of production cost of production yeah, uh-huh. yeah from production to um accessing markets and getting the food to the consumers so we need to ensure that people can be able to afford food based on giving incentives incentives to farmers as we conclude with the introduction of the new taxes what is your projection of the financial situation for the food sector the revenue performance for the arid sector 
has been up and down since 2016 mm-hmm. in terms of its contribution to the GDP. Uh, in 2016 it was at 31.3%, 2017 it went down to 29.7%, 2018 financially it went up again to 32.9%, um, and in 2019 it went down to 25%. So considering the kind of hit that the economy has taken, I think that it's going to further go down, meaning that also the country is not going to have enough revenue to be able to support its program and uh, project activities. Then um, that will result in us borrowing more money from developmental mm-hmm. partners and other countries. And you already know that we already the Senate already raised the cap uh, to 9 trillion which is not a good thing for Kenyans. That can only mean that taxes will also rise. And yeah. how will that have an impact to people's ability to purchase food? If they increase taxes as they are yeah. it's bound to happen next year mm-hmm. it's going to reduce the d- disposable income of Kenyans especially those who are earning below 24% if they're not given that tax exemption they are going to really suffer come 20, financial year 2021 2022 so it's very vital that um, these measures that we discussed here today are mm-hmm. implemented and treated urgently because you know with budgets it's always about um, prioritization we there are many needs that are there but what is the priority for the government yeah and you know if uh, a, a country is not productive if its people are not productive yeah. if they are not eating well mm-hmm. sorry they will not be productive <laughs> <laughs> yeah that i mean it's it's co- there's a huge correlation with that yeah So and also the other fact that the sector is very instrumental in uh, contributing revenues towards the G- GDP it's important that we safeguard that yeah not only for us to feed ourselves but also to to uh, distribute to other areas be it um, pan african or uh, globally According to the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics, it's estimated that 12 million, that is approximately 25% of the total country's population mm-hmm. are food poor. That's a very significant number. And um since time immemorial we've been hearing of the same same areas for instance Turukana they're always experiencing drought it makes you wonder why isn't the government learning from those mishaps why are we not uh, putting in measures to ensure that the same predicaments um are not recurrent so it's it's very important to Uh, that the government invests in that sector and um, also puts in measures to ensure that these things that are hindering farmers from being productive such as changing climate change and and other factors should be uh, mitigated beforehand and a sustainable solution should be created i believe there are very many sustainable solutions it's just that the government doesn't really support people who practice sustainable mm-hmm. ways yeah, yeah which is the well, well, that's why i'm saying that uh, it should be prioritized it should be the first thing that they mm-hmm. do since 80% of the budget is going to crop production yeah. um, there's a reason for that it means that it's a productive activity that is earning kenya revenue so it only uh, makes sense that they also invest in that and invest in the farmers as well and also in technology to ensure that people are not still picking tea in tea farms we can get a machinery for that to make the the process faster and also to um streamline when it comes to quality of the tea that is being picked so those are the things that uh, will cause a significant change when it comes to the outputs of the sector thank you so much evelyn we really appreciate your professional take on this thank you so much for having me once again
hope next year we'll have a similar conversation after the budget allocation i hope so too i'm looking for positive changes <laughs> So, so thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in. Find us on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, Achakula Podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. You can also write to us on info at root2food.org if you have any questions or any topics that we can have on the show. Until next time, bye.